You're listening to Coaching for Leaders. This is episode number 52, airing on August 27th, 2012. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Welcome to Coaching for Leaders. This is the show for leaders who want to improve themselves so they can better engage and develop others. Whether you're a seasoned leader or leading people for the first time, improving your leadership skills will drive your success, and most importantly, the success of others. This week's topic, seven ways to handle complainers. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back for another episode of Coaching for Leaders. My name is Dave Stahoviak, and I am coming to you from our studio out here in beautiful Orange County, California. And if this is the first time that you are joining us for the Coaching for Leaders show, I'm so grateful that you've decided to tune in and connect as a listener. And I hope you find something of value here today. And today we are going to talk about complainers, the people in our organizations that tend to monopolize a whole lot of our time and tend to not monopolize it in a great way. And I mentioned on last week's episode that I received an email from one of our listeners, Tom, who had asked about this topic. And I'm just going to read his email here up front. And uh, when I saw this email, I thought, oh, that's a good topic for a show because this is something that a lot of us struggle with. So here's what Tom says. Uh, Tom says, Dave, love your show. Just listen to the one about driving people nuts uh, that we did a few weeks ago. Really liked it. An issue that's been getting under um, that's been getting under me as a leader is one of complaining. I have a certain staff member, and often asking them how they are doing results in a litany of complaints. Some are valid, and I make every effort to address them. But after a while, I get the impression that this person just likes uh, or needs to vent. I appreciate this, but it's sometimes a bit too much complaining. No workplace is perfect. How would you suggest dealing with this, balancing the employee's need to feel heard while still being constructive? Uh, What do you do with these folks out there? Hey, Tom, thank you so much for sending this email and sending this question because I think that this is something that a lot of us struggle with. Um, I know I'm a sucker for these folks (laughs) in the world. And so, um, you know, anytime that I, I I don't know about all of you, but I really like to help people. I, I do. I like to listen to people. I like to help develop people. Something's going wrong with a person. You know, my first inclination is to sit down and help them figure it out and spend some time listening to them. And I have a feeling that that's probably a struggle for a lot of uh, our listeners as well, too, because uh, after all, you wouldn't be listening to this show if you didn't care about people and want to engage and develop them. And so uh, for a lot of us, we tend to kind of get into this this trap where we say, well, you know, um, we know as leaders, we're supposed to spend time with people. We know we're supposed to listen to people and to hear their complaints. How do we keep it from becoming something that is, uh, you know, taking over all of our time, all of our resources? And how do we get people focused on something that will help them to actually be 
productive. And so if you struggle with like with this as I have over the years, I think that this show will be really helpful to you today because I have seven ways that I've used in the past that handle complainers. And I think that these seven things might be helpful for you too. Before I jump in though, I want to mention up front here that uh, you know, like many of the <laughs> many of the things I put together, this is not any by any means an exhaustive list. There's a lot more here. And some of you may disagree with a few of these. And so if you do, I'd love to hear your comments and uh, feedback on this. So you can go check out the show online at coachingforleaders.com forward slash 52. That'll take you to the notes for this show that I'm about to walk through. You can also call me anytime, leave me a message or talk to me directly. Uh, my office number is 949-38-LEARN. And our feedback email address is feedback at coachingforleaders.com. So any three of those venues are a great way to connect with me and engage in the conversation. But uh, go to the website first because that will uh, give you an opportunity to uh, get your comment up there and everyone else will be able to see it too who's listening to the show. So let's take a look at what are seven ways to handle complainers. So uh, first of all, number one, first and foremost, is the principle that Dale Carnegie said probably, uh, let's see, almost 100 years ago now. Dale Carnegie said and advised people to expect ingratitude. That's right, expect ingratitude. Expect that people are not going to always walk into your office or uh, or room or wherever you are uh, with praise and gratitude and uh, telling you how great you are. You know, we do as, as particularly as leaders, we absolutely need to expect ingratitude. And um, and I say this up front because one of the things that I think becomes a challenge for um, some leaders that I've worked with over the years is that people will say, uh, or leaders will say, well, I'm hearing a lot of complaining and that is really bothering me. Things might, you know, things must be wrong. Uh, what am I doing wrong? Where I'm always hearing complaining from my people. And uh, the interesting thing is, is that often they're doing a lot of things really well. And I say that because um, I love the quote I heard from, uh, I saw or picked up from Colin Powell probably about 10 years ago. Colin Powell used to go around, a, uh, let's see, this was after he was chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and prior to becoming Secretary of State, he went around the country and did a lot of corporate leadership presentations and talked to organizations about effective leadership. And of course, he's someone who's been, you know, uh, you know, many people consider to be a, a very strong leader. And uh, my dad was part of uh, one of his presentations that uh, he did, oh gosh, 10, 15 years ago, I guess now, and had forwarded me all the slides that he had used. And uh, I love this quote from Colin Powell. Colin Powell said, uh, says, the day soldiers stop bringing you their problems is the day you have stopped leading them. They have either lost confidence that you can help or concluded that you do not care. Either case is a failure of leadership. And I think those words from Colin Powell are really important for us and hit the mark as leaders because um, there is the belief that if we're hearing a lot of complaining and people are complaining to us, that that's a problem and that uh, you know we shouldn't be hearing complaints. And in reality, uh, people are going to complain regardless. The question is, 
is are they going to complain to us or are they going to be complaining about us in other venues? I'll tell you, uh, you know, I don't like hearing complaining, but I'd much rather that the complaining was directed uh, at me and have and, and to me than directed outside the organization or with customers or suppliers or wherever else and whatever venues that people are complaining about me. Um, I get more nervous these days when I don't hear any complaining, when I hear silence. When I hear a bunch of complaining from people, it doesn't necessarily mean things are great, <laughs> but I know that people care and they know that they feel that there's something I can do about it. Now, I say this not at all to invalidate Tom's question. I think Tom's question is very valuable and he's talking about an extreme situation. So I don't mean to uh, make it sound like that at all, but I just want to coach all of us here up front that just because we're hearing complaining doesn't necessarily mean that things are wrong. Uh, sometimes we just don't want to hear it. I know I don't always want to hear it. <laughs> you know, uh, my first reaction when someone comes to me with a complaint is to tell them why it's not a problem. <laughs> and so uh, maybe that's a mistake you've made as a leader before too. I constantly have to coach myself and remind myself when people come to me with complaints to sit and to listen and to really internalize and to not instantly react and try to tell them why something isn't an issue. It is an issue. If they're coming to complain about it, it's either an issue in their minds or it really is a real issue. And so uh, so there's a lot there that we need to consider and think about as leaders. Just because we hear complaining doesn't necessarily mean that we're doing things wrong. Uh, now, the remainder of the seven here, though, are to really tackle Tom's question, which is, okay, um, all that said, yes, you know, we need to hear complaining, you know, we should hear some complaining. What do we do to handle the person who always complains? How do we handle that person? So the second thing, the second uh, point here I would say is give people time and a venue to complain. Uh, you know, Tom mentioned this in his question, uh, you know, people don't always want a solution to their problems. I'll say that again. People don't always want a solution to their problems. What they want is the attention that comes from talking about the problem. So that's a key distinction to understand because likely you work with someone or lead someone that falls at least somewhat into that category of, you know, they don't necessarily always want a solution. They want the attention that's going to come along with talking about it. So um, it's important for us as leaders to be able to do whatever we can to help give people a time and a venue to complain. We all complain. Uh, this is this is human nature. We are all going to complain. We all need time to vent. And so try to find a venue for people to do that. Um, one of the things that I know many coaches do, uh, and I've heard over the years, is that uh, when they're working with people that they're helping to do leadership development on, they'll say, all right, you know, the first uh, you know, hour-long meeting, the first five minutes, you can complain about whatever you want. <laughs> and they set that expectation up front, and then uh, they limit this time. And, you know, leaders can do the same thing too. You know, you could start off an agenda with a meeting of saying, okay, you know, what's, what's not working you know, what What concerns do you have? I necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily call them complaints and ask for complaints, but say, you know, what concerns do you have? What feedback do you have for me? Let's talk about the first five or six minutes and then move on. So the key is limiting that amount of time, however that long that's going to be, five minutes, 10 minutes. That should just be one part of the agenda, not the entire agenda, which leads me to point number three, which is to 
set the agenda in advance. So if, and you know who the people are that are the complainers, right? So this is not going to be a surprise to you when someone walks into your office for the most part and starts complaining for a whole bunch of time. So uh, with, you know, I think it's a great practice to set an agenda with anyone, anytime that you're having a meeting, whether it's a one-on-one meeting, uh, a staff meeting, uh, you know, a small group that's working on a project. Um, you know, so much time is wasted in meetings in corporations and organizations and schools that a good agenda can really help out with. So that's a whole nother show in itself. But for this particular situation, you know, particularly when you're meeting with someone and you're going to be spending time with the person who's kind of the chronic complainer, is set the agenda in advance and also set the timeframes. So if you're going to ask them for feedback and you're going to give them time to vent and to and to really listen and be present for them, that's great. You should do that. But set a time frame for it. So if the meeting's an hour, that's the first 15 minutes of the meeting. Let's talk about feedback, what concerns you have uh, for the first 15 minutes and stick to it. Um, have them bring the agenda to the meeting. Uh, that is you know, one of the best things you can do is to ha- have them prepare the agenda, think through what it is that they want to talk about, and, uh, and that way they get their ideas down on paper. Hopefully their thinking's a little bit more concise, um, and then follow the agenda. So just because, uh, you know, sometimes I've seen leaders do this, leaders do this, there's an agenda and no one actually follows it. So make sure you follow the agenda. And if they aren't ready for that, then you set the agenda and send it to them in advance and ask for what additions or corrections or feedback do you have to the agenda and come to an agreement in advance on what it is you're going to utilize your time for. Uh, now, are you going to set an agenda when someone just stops in and says hello or uh, stops in your office or you know calls you on the phone? Of course not. Um, but you know, even then, you can set some expectations of you know, here's how much time I have, here's how many, uh, you know, here's how much dialogue we can have about this today. But by all means, for any formal meeting, anytime you're sitting down with someone, set that agenda in advance if you can. Okay, on to number four: require solutions to problems. One of the best things you can do as a leader for yourself and for the other party is to ask them to bring a realistic solution along with any complaint. And the reason for that is because you want to really spend your time with the person you're leading on talking about how are we going to resolve the situation? Now, again, people always are going to need time to vent, and you want to spend some time listening to them up front, but you also want to transition that conversation pretty quickly to, okay, we've identified this as a problem, this is an issue, how can we actually solve this problem? And so if you set the expectation that they need to come to you with a solution then you can have some really good dialogue about it. And the reason they should come with it is because it's really their issue. If it's something that they've identified, they you know they have the issue with it, but also they know the issue better than you do. They've already spent a bunch of time thinking it through. They've thought about it. They're concerned about it. They know probably what are some good ideas to resolve it. So have them come to you with those ideas. Then the dialogue isn't about you sitting there listening and complaining for 45 minutes. The dialogue is about let's talk through what are the right ways to potentially solve the problem. 
Uh, not that we're going to solve, you're going to solve every problem, you know, in a 45 minute meeting, but at least you start the conversation and start the thinking on moving from complaining to how do we solve the problem and be tough with people on this. If you uh, set the expectation with your team and with the people you lead that they should come to you with solutions and you hear a complaint in a meeting and there's not a solution, ask what the solution is. And if there isn't a solution, move on to the next agenda topic. And people will respond pretty quickly and realize that if they're going to get airtime for something, it's okay to, again, okay to vent, but they need to come with a solution and a suggestion of what the organization can do, what you can do as a leader, and what they can do to move forward. So require solutions to problems. Uh, Number five, set time limits and stick to them. I I wrote an article this week on our website, which I'll talk more about in a few minutes, uh, called The Six Habits to Keep People from Wasting Your Time. (laughs) And so let people know in advance how much time that you have. Uh, One of the things that gets uh, leaders into trouble, and I know it's gotten me into trouble over the years, is that you you talk to the person who is kind of the chronic complainer. Maybe they're not even the chronic complainer. I, I actually haven't worked with a lot of folks that fall in that category, the the challenge I have more often is I have the chronic talker, the people who just like to talk a whole bunch and love to engage in conversation. And if you've got two hours, uh, they'll spend four hours with you. <laughs> so um, one of the things you can do that will be really helpful with this is let people know in advance how much time you have. Um, you know, there there's a number of people that I work with in my professional capacity that I know that if I let them, they will take up half of my day. Uh, so, and, and it's not because they intend to, and they certainly don't mean to take that much time. They just love to talk. And, and that's okay. And I love them for it. And I, I love working with people who have lots of great ideas and are willing to share them. And that's awesome. The problem is, is that you, know, you just don't have half a day to talk and listen to people, and certainly you don't have a half a day to listen to people complaining. So one of the things you can do is to help focus the other party is let people know how much time that you have. And so um, that's a good thing to do, whether you're scheduling a phone call, whether you're scheduling an in-person meeting, you know, tell people in advance, hey, this is going to be a 45-minute meeting or an hour meeting or a 90-minute meeting, and you know, be realistic. You know, if you're if you're talking about a number of issues, it's going to be more than ten minutes. So you can't just give someone ten minutes on a you know development meeting that you've been waiting a month to have, and there's twenty agenda items. It's just not going to happen in that period of time. So be realistic about how much time it's going to take, but be firm about it and end meetings on time. I'll tell you, this is hard. Uh, this is where I am always have my downfall when I meet with people and I violate this is I'll tell them in advance, okay, I have 30 minutes for this meeting. And then 30 minutes comes and goes on the agenda and it's 40 minutes, 45 minutes, and we're still talking. And really the problem is, is that I'm just not doing a good job of sticking to my plan of ending a meeting on time. So if you need to, here's a suggestion that's worked for me, is book something else after the time that you're meeting with that person. So if you know that there's someone that it's really hard for you to end a meeting with and that they're always going to take extra time and you've booked 45 minutes, at the end of that 45 minutes, have something else that you have to be at. Uh, Book another meeting, book a phone call. And that way, um, you have a reason to end the meeting for sure at that time. You have to. And it will give you practice on ending meetings. 
And that's a very important skill to have as a leader, particularly those of us who work in large organizations. We have a lot of responsibilities. We have a lot of people that we need to interact with on a daily basis. You need to get in the habit of how to end a meeting on time. So that's a great way to give yourself some practice with that. Number six, be frank with people. Uh, and and this goes on in, through a couple of lenses here. Be frank with people. Number one, if you're hearing complaints from someone and or someone suggests something and there's a reason why you can't address it or there's a reason why you're not going to be taking their advice, um, tell people that. Tell people you can't take action on something. Uh, one of the reasons that people come and complain and continue to complain is because they don't feel like they've been heard. Sure, you may have spent 30 minutes listening, you know, listening to them talk, but that doesn't mean that the other party really feels like they've been heard. You may hear the same complaint over and over again. And if you do, uh, one of the things you should be asking yourself as a leader is, have I clearly told this person what I can and cannot do about this situation? And so one thing to be sure to check yourself on is to tell people if you can't take action on something, why is it that you can't take action on this? And if that is something that is, uh, that's challenging, that might be something to practice. So practice that if you can. Um, and then, you know, if they aren't coming with solutions, call them on that. Uh, call them on what solutions that they're not coming with. Be sure to mention to them, you know, hey, this is, uh, you know, if you've set the expectation for your team and said, hey, you know, I want to make sure that anytime you, you know, I, I'm open to feedback, I'm open to um, any suggestions you have, come to me with solutions though, and they don't, call them on it. Particularly if it happens multiple times and you're having multiple, multiple situations happen where you're not hearing solutions to a problem, uh, call people on that and say, hey, and, and share the examples with them. You know, hey, you've, you've come to me with this issue, you've come to me with this issue, and you've come to me with this issue, and I haven't heard any solutions about it. Is that an easy conversation to have? No, of course not. That's why most leaders don't have those conversations, because they're hard to have. Uh, you know, is that an easy thing to, for a person to hear? Of course not. But if you really, you know, leadership isn't easy some days. <laughs> So you want to really come to people and say, you know, call them on it. Be frank with them. Say, hey, come to me with a solution. I'll talk with you. I'll, I'll talk with you and dialogue with you about a solution. I'll coach you. I'll mentor you. I'll share my experience. But I'm, I'm just not willing to dialogue about something if there's not some sort of uh, work that you've done in advance of thinking through how we're going to resolve this situation. And then finally, number seven. Limit your interactions with that person. It, ah, you know, this is a hard one to admit, but you know, there are those people in your organization that are going to complain, that are going to take a lot of your time. And regardless of what you do, either these previous six things or maybe other things, uh, people are still going to be time hogs and there's going to be people that are going to complain a bunch. And so uh, a reminder from our friends over at Gallup, who wrote First Break All the Rules, which is one of my favorite books on management, uh, Gallup says the best leaders spend a majority of their time with their best people. So that's something to really keep in mind, because um, one, one of the things I hear from leaders, is they'll say, well, what am I supposed to do? You know, I, uh, this person's coming and complaining, they're talking a bunch, uh, they need help. 
Um, you know, my other people are doing great. I've got the time to work with them. You know, why don't I spend you know as much time as I can? And the problem is, is that then you end up taking time away from other things you could be doing. The time investment you could be putting into making your best, your your best people, your top performers, even better. And so um, you just don't always have to be available. Uh, you know, if you have someone that's just going to be a time hog for you and that is not always adding a lot of value, you don't always have to be available to them. I think that we've uh, a lot of us have kind of grown up in this culture of open door policies in many organizations where the expectation that some leaders feel that they have and they ha- have to have for their team is that they're available anytime, all the time, 24-7. And that's just not realistic. And so schedule a time. If someone comes in and you know it's going to be a 45-minute conversation, even though they say, hey, do you have you know a quick moment to chat? Um, schedule a time. Say, no, you know, I don't have time right now. I do have time later today or tomorrow or Friday, whatever it is. Schedule that time, book it, be present for them then. But don't feel like you always have to be available to everybody. And limit your time with the person that is going to be the time hog. Uh, because, you know, you want to be spending your time with the people that are going to be the best performers for your organization. And then one of my favorite things to do is, you know, use caller ID. Uh, caller ID, I think, is the greatest invention that I've ever uh, run into in the last, you know, 15, 20 years. Uh, you know, if there's someone that you know it's going to be 45 minutes on the phone uh, talking with them anytime they call, uh, don't answer the phone. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm amazed at, uh, you know, how many people I know in my life and professional capacity who feel like they always have to answer a ringing phone. And really, the phone is there for your convenience, not for the callers. Um, you know, unless you're in a call center or something like that and answering the phone's your job. But uh, many leaders, you know, you should be thinking about how you're using your time and your resources as far as communicating. I'm not saying don't talk to people. Of course, talk to people. But schedule those times. And if you get a call from someone who's going to talk to you for an hour and a half and complain about everything when you don't have that time to talk, send it to voicemail. Call them back later when you do have the time to be able to uh, schedule and really hear them. And again, this goes back to, uh, you know, kind of this one of these first things is expecting gratitude. You do want to hear from people. You do want to hear people's concerns and complaints because if they're not giving them to you, they're going to give them to someone else. And you'd rather hear them yourself most of the time. Yes, use some of these practices to limit, uh, you know, some of the complaining if you can. But you really do want to be involved in this dialogue as a leader. Uh, Colin Powell is right. You know, you have failed as a leader if people have believed that they've lost confidence in you or don't think that you can help anymore. And so that's why it's essential to have a good balance between hearing complaints, but also directing people forward in action that they can take that will help them to be successful. Now, you may have more ideas that I've not even thought about here, so I would love to have you go over to our website and check out the show notes for this episode. It's at coachingforleaders.com forward slash 52, so that's the number 52, or call me, 949-38-LEARN, and then, of course, the email address is feedback at coachingforleaders.com. Before I let you go this week, I did want to mention a couple of other resources that are up and available on our website. I did publish two articles in the past week 
that are somewhat related to this topic. I mentioned one of them just a bit ago. Uh, One of the articles is Six Habits to Keep People from Wasting Your Time. I've mentioned a couple of those uh, tips in this episode, but there's some more information up there. And in addition, there's also an article up there I wrote last week called Here Complaining, You're on the Right Path. And that goes back to the Colin Powell quote that I mentioned earlier. If either of those articles sound of interest to you, go to coachingforleaders.com and just click on the button that says read right at the top there and you will be able to find those articles. I also have a video up this week. Uh, called What to Do in Order to Build Trust. It's about four minutes, if that's something that'd be of interest to you. Again, coachingforleaders.com. Just click on the watch button. And then finally, a reminder that I'm now accepting free subscriptions to our newsletter. And you'll also get a little thank you back from me, a video and downloadable list of 10 books that will make you a better leader. So if you would like that resource and Uh, Just as importantly, if not more so, if you want to continue to get updates from me on articles, videos, uh, podcast episodes, and lots of other resources uh, about on about a monthly basis that uh, would be helpful to you as a leader, go over to coachingforleaders.com and to forward slash subscribe, and you'll be able to subscribe there and download that video of the book. So again, that's coachingforleaders.com forward slash subscribe. And I want to thank Jerome Tenard and Roger Fisher this week for heading to our Facebook page and hitting like. You can get there directly at coachingforleaders.com forward slash Facebook. That'll take you right over to our page. I'm actually going to be doing a bunch more work on that in the coming weeks here. I'm realizing that there's some things I'm not doing right on Facebook to actually get uh, articles out and all that. So I've fixed that now. And so there's going to be a lot more resources coming there. Hey, the link for the show notes for this show is on our website. Again, that's coachingforleaders.com forward slash 52. We do air this show every Monday. So come back again next week for next week's episode. And finally, wherever you are in the world, whatever's on your agenda today, take one idea from this show to engage and develop someone you lead. Thanks so much for listening and have a great week.